Life can be sometimes filled with worries, can't it? I used to worry, worry, worry. I was a worry wart. And ever since I was a little kid, there was times whenever I would just worry about everything. Am I, am I the only one in here like that? No, no. Let me show you what I've got here. So whenever I was younger, let me put this out here so the rest of you can see this. When I was younger, um, we had this old bench in our shed, and it, I tried to recreate it the best that I could. And um, I asked my dad one time uh, who built it, and he had built it. And he had built several others, and he wasn't quite a, I mean, he wasn't the best carpenter or anything like that, but he was just kind of, I guess like I am, just kind of a rough, rough type of a builder. And I asked him, I said, uh, I'd seen a lot of those benches, and I said, what, what, why did you build it like that? And he said, well, that's just the way we did it. And uh, he said, that's a worry bench. And I said, a worry bench? And... Uh, he said, yeah, he said, um, this is just what we called them. And he said, uh, old farmers would go out in the shed and sometimes sit down on there away from everybody and just kind of worry. <laughs> you know, times is tough. <laughs> and uh, it, the one that he had, he had built back in the, uh, I think it was in, in the later 40s, whenever his uh, brother was in the war. And, um, but anyway, it was a worry bench. And uh, anyway, uh, really just not quite the right name for something like that, is it? But anyway, I, I'd always liked the bench, the design of it, and so I thought I was going to build one, and I built this one this week. And I want to thank Bernard Street for supplying the lumber for this. Yeah, you can give him a big hand. Oh, it's more than just supplying the lumber for this. Bernard, did you saw the tree down? Either you or, your, or one of your boy or somebody sawed the tree down, but Bernard, he sawed the lumber up with his sawmill, like not that long ago. And um, he actually built his sawmill and uh, built the machine that sharpens the blades for the sawmill and then sawed this up. And Bernard turned 91 last week. Bernard turns 91, he saws up lumber, you know, he built his own sawmill and built a machine that sharpens his own blades, and I can't even walk down the stairs without falling. <laughs> but that was what my dad called a worry bench, and we'll get into that just a little bit later. What all have we been worrying about here at the church Lately, I know we have a lot of individual things that are going on in our lives with this many people here. And look around. This place is starting to fill up, isn't it? We have a lot of things individually that we worry about. But as a church body, I know we've been worrying about a lot of other things. We've been worrying about our church, right? Regardless of whether it's right or wrong, Worry has crept in. 
one of the big questions that we've worried about was, you know, what is going to happen next? Because right now I'm the interim pastor. I've always, you know, been the associate pastor for a few years. But what is going to happen next? And um, so I'm going to tell you what's going to happen next. <laughs> we've been having different deacons meetings and finance meetings, and we've, the deacons have come up with the solution as to how we're going to go about the selection team. And so I thought, let's just do this during service today. And uh, this is not going to be so much of a business thing as this is going to be a really spiritual thing that goes on today. Now, I want to make a statement here, and it might rub some of you the wrong way. <gasps> I may be rubbing your fur the wrong way. Uh-uh, you need to turn that kitty around. Okay? It's time to get our mind right. Sometimes that even comes in repentance. Sometimes it comes in forgiveness. Sometimes it even comes in, you know, I think that person may have done me wrong, but I forgive them anyway. That's what we are here, right? We're Christians. Without forgiveness and grace, what are we doing here? I am very thankful for every pastor that has served here at Orchardville Church. And I'm very thankful for every deacon, finance team member, and every teacher who has ever served here at Orchardville Church. I am very thankful for every person who has ever set foot in here in Orchardville Church. Because what we're here about is to share the love of Christ. And the Holy Spirit working in our lives and um, helping us to have discernment, helping us to have, give us guidance, helping us to be able to get past the things that we can't get past on our own. Because on our own, we just worry about stuff. We sit here on the worry bench, but we need to move off of that bench and get onto another bench, don't we? So the way that we come up with the pastor selection team is it's going to be a team comprised of seven people. In our constitution and bylaws, it says that it will be deacons and finance team. Our deacons made an executive decision that they also wanted to include two people from the congregation. And the way that we're coming up with those two people from the congregation is people had submitted their names and the qualifications is that a, they would meet the same qualifications as a deacon or finance team member. And that means, for one, they have to have a true heart for winning the lost, a true heart for serving the Lord. That's the main thing, right? They need to be a member of the church, and they need to have attended here for at least three years so that they have somewhat of the DNA of the church, right? I say that word right a lot. And it was pointed out the other day that as a whole, southern in, in southern Illinois, we do this a lot. Oop! <laughs> like you do something and you're like, oop! There was a banker the other day that was telling us that. Go, oop! 
What's even oop mean? I think it means oopsie daisy. Three deacons, two finance team members, two people from the congregation. And we base this off of the scripture that tells us how they replaced the 12th disciple when Judas defected and they chose Matthias by the casting of lots. The one thing they did before that is they prayed that God would have his way. So that's the way we're going to do it. We don't leave anything up to favoritism, to politics, or anything else. So here's the way that we're going to do this. I need someone to help me. Uh, let me see. Canyon, would you help me? Canyon, do you have a good speaking voice? Sure. There, he, there was the proof. Uh, is there a handheld mic that he can use? Somebody run one up him here to him. And I will say this, Fred Mooney is not here today because Kitty, he called me at 10.30 last night and Kitty, her leg was having severe fits and he had to take her to the ER. And I called him this morning and she is home doing okay, but he, they aren't here. So, Canyon, this is the deacon's names that are going in the very spiritual... Folgers coffee can. And I want you to read off these names as you put them in the can. Okay. Into the microphone. Dale Reese, Nate Burgess, Vince Sharp, Steve Allen, and Fred Mooney. Okay. And Bear Gregory, would you come up and would you draw out one by one who that is? And Justine, will you record this? I mean, just write it down by... Number one, yeah, Steve Allen. Steve Allen. Hold it. This is the human side of me. We forgot to pray. <laughs> Steve still counts, though. We're just human, right? All right, let's pray. Father, Forgive us for our failures and forgive us, please, for our shortcomings. You know that we're trying to do the best we can. And that's all we can do here at Orchardville is just do the best we can. And God, I just ask and pray for your blessings upon this church and this congregation. Lord, we want your will to be done today. In Jesus' name, select out the ones that you want. Amen and amen. amen. Name number two. Now, this doesn't mean that Steve isn't under the blessing, because he certainly is. Well, just get it out, Bear. Mind you, there's nothing fishy going on here. Fred Mooney. Fred Mooney. And Fred, along with a lot of our other congregants, is probably watching live on Facebook right now. Hello, everybody. Let's tell everybody at home hello. Hello. See if you can do another one, Bear. Vince Sharp. Vince Sharp. Okay. I think the problem was we should have crinkled those. 
Okay, next up is finance team. And Vanita Brown has asked to be left out of here because Vanita is staying at home. She is caring for her mother. And so uh, she didn't feel like that she would be able to have enough involvement and everything to be able to do that. So there are four people in here in Canyon, if you would read those off. Uh, there's actually three because Fred serves both on finance team and deacons. And since he's already been selected once, he cannot be selected again. So God just got rid of that one there. Eddie Giacomo. Eddie Giacomo, or Edie Giacomo. Sorry. I thought Linda you were a good, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So Edie is at home and, uh, or she's on the road. They, uh, they had a emergency run, so. Okay. Okay, go ahead, Tanya. <laughs> I wasn't here to hear that. Okay, hold on, what was the second one? Linda Butcher. Say it in the mic. Linda Butcher. Linda Butcher. Oh, they, she hadn't been selected yet, they're just going in. Kathy Sutton. And Kathy Sutton. So two of these will be selected out of here, okay? Let me cramp them up so that Bear can pick them. Uh, all that logging and stuff is wore the, wore the tread off of your fingers, hasn't it? First name. Edie Giacomo. Edie Giacomo. Second name. Bear with us. Linda Butcher. Linda Butcher. Okay. And then from the congregation, isn't that funny? I brought my scissors up here. I guess it wasn't that funny. <laughs> Okay, oh, here I did, I said it, I said, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Terry Freimeyer. He'll crimp them as you put them in. Okay. Hey, you don't have to clap in between each one until the end, so. David Pierce, Becky Allen, Steve Shrum. Hold it. Becky Allen's has to come out because her husband has already been chosen out. Okay. All this paperwork. Rhonda Kinchelow. Floyd. Foy Connard. Frank Taylor. Gary Sessions. And Annie Shrum. Okay, Annie and Steve both had submitted their name and they both qualified. If one gets drawn out, if the other one gets drawn out, why they won't be able to be chosen. Because husband and wife can't both serve. There you go, Bear. Two of them. Well, the first one and then the second one. <laughs> These aren't difficult. David Pierce. David Pierce. Floyd Connard. Floyd Connard. 
Hey, let's, let's give Bear and Canyon a big hand here. Thank you, guys. All right. I would like those names that we were called off to come up here. Go ahead and come forward and come up here. And I know some of them are at home. And uh, you... Uh, but the ones that are here, I would like you to come forward. And I would like whoever feels comfortable to come up and let's pray for these folks because they have very important decisions to make. They will be, they are called the selection team and they won't be choosing the pastor but they will be screening the pastor and you guys get to choose the pastor. So if as many as will, if you would come forward and let's lay hands on them and pray for them. Father, we just come to you today in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I thank you for those that have volunteered to do your service. And Lord, not our will, but yours be done. Lord, help us to take our own personal desires and our own personal wants out of the equation. And Holy Spirit, we depend on you for your guidance and your discernment. And God, just help us through this time. Help us to make good godly decisions. Help us to, to put you first. Help us to love you and help us to love others. Lord, the, the charge that has been given to these, Lord, is such a great honor and privilege, but it's such a great responsibility. And God, I ask for your supernatural and divine guidance upon this. In Jesus' name, we give you all the praise and all the glory. Amen and amen. amen. Let's give these folks a big hand. Look at that, a bro hug. <laughs> Upon saying, I am very thankful for these folks, and I, like I said, I'm very thankful for the folks that were in leadership before this. Um, you know, sometimes through worry, Sometimes you can do all the right things and sometimes you can do all the right things in your own mind and sometimes it's just the right things but it just doesn't work out. Have you ever done that where you did everything that you know possibly to do that was right and it still just not seemed to work out? Sometimes that happens. We see that in the book of Job. He was blameless and an upright man. But for whatever reason, his, well, we know the reason because the Bible spells it out, but his world just fell apart underneath him. But he still remained faithful. Job remained faithful throughout everything that happened to him. And in Job 2, 
verse 9 and 10, you don't have to turn there right now, but Job 2, verse 9 and 10, it says that his wife, she even said to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? Why don't you just curse God and die? And he replied, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. So even though he did, he was blameless and upright, and he did all the things that he knew to do, things somehow just didn't seem to work out. And sometimes that happens to us. Uh, the Bible says that the sun will shine and the rain will fall on the just and the unjust. And there's times when trouble comes. And um, just because we're worrying about different things, sometimes it's, and I mean, right now we worry about our church. Uh, we've praised him in all the good times that we've had here. Why can we not praise him still in the tough times? Because the Bible tells us to do that, doesn't it? I, going back to, to Bernard, uh, me and him, he's 91, and it wasn't but maybe six years ago, seven years ago, both me and him were doing plumbing underneath Mark and Kay's old depot cabin. And if you've ever been out there to that cabin, it was an old, old railroad depot that had been moved there. And underneath it was these beams that were like this wide, and they were of hard wood, and it wasn't like conventional building. And everywhere that she wanted a bathroom drop or a plumbing drop, there was one of them stupid beams right underneath there. And I remember, you remember this, Bernard? I said, oh, man, what are we going to do? Because my big mouth, I already committed to helping them do the plumbing in this thing. My mouth got me into trouble, and I started worrying about it. I mean, serious worry. And I asked Bernard about it, and you know what his words were? Oh, it won't be too bad. <laughs> now, he may have changed his thoughts whenever we got to laying underneath that thing, and here he was at 85 years old laying underneath the house with about that much clearance between our belly and the bottom joist. And, uh, but you know... I cherish those times because me and Bernard got to know each other real well. <laughs> you want to get to know a dude, you lay next to him for about three weeks straight underneath the house. I wouldn't recommend that for a lot of you guys. But me and Bernard, we got along real well through it and I learned a lot off of him. And I learned about, a lot about life through that time period. And I learned not to worry about something like plumbing. And uh, I've asked, uh, I've heard Frank say this before, whenever something was asked whether we could do this or that building-wise. And Frank, I think you had made mention one time, we can do anything you want with enough money, enough time, and enough talent. <laughs> and that's true. You just can't worry about everything. Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. Let's turn there in our Bibles. Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Look at that little bottle of water. Ain't nothing in there. <coughs> Why would they make a bottle of water that small? 
<clears throat> Matthew 6, verse 25 through 34. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? Hun, why do you worry about clothes? Man, I tell you what, I don't like seeing that, aunt, that UPS and that FedEx driver pulling up and dropping off packages. <laughs> Why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not, every, not, that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, here's the thing. We've all, most of us have read this passage before. And a lot of you who are well-seasoned have, uh, have uh, often had this thought of, well, somebody's got to get something done. <laughs> and that's very true, isn't it? But here's the thing, don't confuse the scripture of not worrying for lack of planning, right? Don't use that scripture against, as an excuse not to plan things. There's a difference between worry and genuine concern. Because if I'm sitting on the worry bench, and I have genuine concern, and there's something really on my mind, well, maybe that's valid. But whenever all of a sudden there's a fine line and I cross between genuine concern to severe worry to where I'm just not accomplishing anything, then I'm in trouble because I'm really expending a lot of energy and a lot of stress on my mind and my body just for worry's sake. And I haven't fixed anything, I haven't accomplished anything, I haven't helped anyone. Worry for worry's sake, that's different than genuine concern, right? See, worry, it immobilizes us. It almost like stops us dead in our tracks. Have you ever been gripped by fear to where it just feels like there's a giant hand that's around your throat and around your chest and you just can't hardly even move? Worry immobilizes us, but concern, genuine concern, it moves us to action. 
if we're concerned about something and it's valid, it can move us to action, to do something, to take control. We have lots of people in the church who have had genuine concern for our congregation, and it moved them to action to where they said, put me in. I'll, I'll, I want what God wants. I want to volunteer to do whatever. Not just for this, but we need people to step forward and say, this church is alive and growing. We are a growing church. We're here in the middle of virus time, and look around you. There's lots of churches who were doing fabulous before the virus, and they're struggling to get anybody in. And, uh, you know, if you're at home because you're concerned and everything, I want you to stay safe because there, it is valid. You know, if, if you're at high risk, you need to stay safe. But we are a growing church, and last week, we had some minor glitches in the system back in kids' church. We need people to step up and volunteer back in kids' church. And we're, uh, Erica's doing a lot to um, streamline the program, to go, we're going to be going over the processes, not just in kids' church, in youth, in Sunday school, um, because we want to do the very best to be able to encourage people in the ministries and to share the gospel, to share our faith. I remember one time whenever we didn't have any volunteers back in the nursery. Do you remember this, Ruth? And you ladies, we was over in the old building, and we didn't have any volunteers. And Mark Shell was preaching over there, and he was getting ready to get started. And I think it was you, Ruth, and somebody else that come into the service and said, you better get somebody back here in the nursery right now because there ain't nobody <laughs> that's back here. And he asked, he said, do we have two volunteers to go back to the nursery? Nobody raised their hand. He said, all right, I'll go back there. And he got down off the pulpit and he went and he walked back to the nursery. And the rest of us were left sitting there thinking, oh, who's going to preach? And I'll tell you what, there was a bunch of people that jumped up right then and went back to the nursery. And then the next week, we were flooded with volunteers. So don't make Erica come back here and, and holler in the middle of service that she needs a nursery worker. I'll tell you what, one of the most spiritual things that you can do is to serve. You know, um, I love it whenever people are worshiping and, and, you know, doing all the things that we think that is, is spiritual, but I also want to include serving, just saying, God, just use me wherever you want, and that, that is just a high form of worship. The difference between worry and genuine concern, worry immobilizes you and freezes you up, and concern moves you to action. In Hebrews chapter 11, it's the faith chapter of the Bible is what I call it. It tells us, and it lists off in there, and I won't list it, and it says, by faith, this person did this, and by faith, this person did that. And it goes through all the, all the, the like people, the standouts in the Bible that it lists. And I, just as I preached earlier a few weeks ago, Rahab was one of those that was considered in there in that 
Faith Hall of Fame. And Rahab was a prostitute at one time, but yet God had turned her life around and enlists her in this Hall of Fame of faith. And by faith, she allowed God to take her from one place and take her to another. By faith, we can go from a worry bench to a bench where we sit down and we say, God, I give it all to you, and I just trust you in faith. Put your trust in the Lord and lean not in our own understanding. Let's move from the worry bench to the faith bench. And it's a very short step, but it's not because of us, it's because of Him. If the musicians would please come. Just like Job, when you think you got nothing left, faith can take you a long way. Job lost everything, but because of his faith, God ended up restoring him, not just back to what he originally had, but twice what he originally had. At one time, we had, just in this building here, we had 700 and... 60, 750 people, what happens if God restores us to twice what we had? That means we would have 1,500 people here. We've got to get in preparation, church. Do I get a big amen for that to God? Yes.